Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of 108 Stitches Baseball Talk. I have a relatively new crew tonight working together for the first time. We got Big Mike and we got K.R. Lombardia. Before I introduce them both, I just want to let everybody know that 108 Stitches Baseball Talk is being broadcast around the world. The audio version of 108 Stitches Baseball Talk can be heard on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Please hit the red subscribe button on YouTube, South Florida Tribune. We're striving for 1,000 subscribers. Please also comment, like, and share the broadcast. Want to be a guest? No problem. Participate in the chat room is one way to do it. Or send your topic ideas to South Florida Tribune at gmail.com. If you want to advertise cost efficiently, just call me at 954-304-4941. We broadcast live on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Our website is www.southfloridatribune.com. Twitter at Tribune South. Candy Evelyn is behind the scenes. I'm really... And I have a new book coming out in a few weeks. And that book is called Lessons from the Microphone, Tuning into the Enduring Wisdom of Visionary Leaders. And that will co- coincide with the launch of the Motor City Mad Mouse show, where they'll both be released simultaneously. All right. With that said, I have a good crew here on tonight. Big Mike, welcome back, partner. Good evening, everybody. And KR Lombardia. I've only known you forever, KR. Good evening. How's everybody? Yeah, well, that's okay. It's a good thing there, KR. All right, and and good evening, George Eichhorn. Glad you could be on here in the chat room. Good stuff. All right. A few topics to get to, so we'll go in rapid fire. I know KR Lombardi has some good Bruce Bochy stories, but let me paint the picture first. Bruce Bochy, 68, is now 6-0 and in Game 7s. Dusty Baker, the 74, and he is now 0-4 in Game 7s. But Dusty Baker's record is 2,183 and 1862 in regular season action. He won a World Series in 2022, <clears throat> and he finishes his Astros tenure at 320 and 226. All right, Karen, I'm going to leave it off with you. You said you have a pretty good, funny Bruce Bochy story? Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Bochy caught at Brevard Community College. And uh, from Brevard, and uh, Lou Garcia was head coach at HCC at the time, and he told me a story. And they had a bench clearing brawl at uh, at Brevard, and Bochy's not a little guy if you look at him. And uh, they had a bench clearing brawl, and Bobby Perez, bless his soul, he got killed in a car accident uh, some years ago. Was a catcher at HCC. This is nineteen seventy six, I think. And they had a bench clearing brawl, and Bobby picked up Bochi and body slammed him on home plate uh, in the middle of that fight. And uh, Bochi was, was taken out, off, out, out of the field and, and did not play the rest of the game. 
but uh, he's a hell of a he's a hell of a manager. I'll tell you that. He uh, he he does things the old fashioned way. Uh, I don't think he listens to an- analytics as much as some of these younger managers do, and uh, they're going to be they're, they're going to be tough to t- tough to beat in the, in the series. All right, let me let me talk about some numbers here that we can put on Bruce Bochy. He's the first manager to win the LCS with three different teams. He did it in 1998, okay, with the San Diego Padres. He did it with the Giants in 2010, 12, 14. Nothing like the old even number theme. And now with the Rangers in 2023. Boy, you talk about a clutch postseason manager. My goodness. So, you know, and George Eichhorn has a very good comment on that where he actually spoiled the World Series in Detroit in 2012, and he's a great manager, no doubt about that. So with that said, Big Mike, take it from there. Well, I think the biggest thing about Bochy is he lets his players do their thing. He doesn't micromanage his team into the ground. He doesn't go – you know what? Even if the analytics say it, he goes by gut. He goes by how his players are telling them they feel. I think that's something that gets lost in the shuffle with some of the new management is I think they're so beholden sometimes to the statistics – and to the analytics, they don't go with their gut. Bochy's the reverse opposite. Bochy's one of the old school. Bochy's going to tell his guys what he wants out of them. He expects them to perform. And if they're not, they're not playing, no matter what the statistics say as far as who should play when. It's nice to see. And, yeah, you want to talk about clutch. The guy's clutch in game sevens. When, you, when you're when you undefeated in a game seven format, that doesn't happen. I mean, look at the opposite side. Right now, Dusty Baker can't buy a Game 7 win for himself. So it's great to see. It's, it's It was a tough one to see one of them go out because those are two guys, if you're a baseball purist, having either one of those guys in the World Series, great. You'd like to have them square off against each other. But having Bochi in there is going to be great. And whoever comes off the other side, they just need to know that Arizona's playing with house money, and Bochi knows it. Bochi's going to have that, that clubhouse so loose and so ready to go and just to go out and play ball that it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see how they match up against either one of the two teams that are playing right now. Yeah, but I'll tell you, Bochi's, you talk about the ultimate postseason manager. This guy is really, really it. I mean, think about it. You're able to have that much success in the postseason, like I just alluded to, says a lot about the guy. All right, so with that said, let's talk about the legacy of Dusty Baker, Mike. Dusty Baker, I got to say, I grew up, as you saw in the previous podcast, I grew up an A's fan, but you can't not like the guy. Even when he was with the Giants, you just could not like the guy. The way he holds himself, the way he was no nonsense, the way he's a player, he's a player's manager. And if you're a player of the game and you love the game, then you had no choice but to at least respect the guy. And watching him break the hearts in the Bay, you know, I remember so many Bay Area series between, you know, and he just calls, he like Bochi, he, he inspires his guys to do the things they need to do to win the game. So regardless of who your allegiance is to, he's one of those managers that will go down as the greatest. I mean, everybody's going to remember the toothpick. And, and if you're my generation, one of the things you're going to remember is his son almost getting ran over at home plate. That's something right. that goes hand in hand with him. But Dusty Baker, a class act, and it'll be interesting to see if he sticks around and, and goes and comes back next year or if this is the ten, where the tenure ends. Well, as George Eichhorn mentioned, just here, I'm going to put this comment up here because it's really good. As you talk about a great ambassador to the sport, there's no doubt about it. I think he got a raw deal when he was with Washington, to be honest with you. But I'm glad he was able to win a championship as a manager last year. He took a situation, Taylor Lombardia. You know, we talk about the issues they had with sign stealing and all that and A.J. Hinch and all that fallout. And he took a situation that was so difficult and smoothed it out as well as you could. So at that thought K.R. Lombardia, 
Well, Let's being a longtime that. friend of Tony Larusa, it's hard for me to like Dusty Baker. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've known Tony since I was a little boy. His sister worked for my dad at, at the bank, and uh, his both his first cousins are very, very, very good friends of mine. Hard for me to cheer for Dusty Baker. And I will leave it at that. And I will add one thing to that, and that's funny. I, I have friends who are Rusa fans that say the exact same thing. But the one thing about Baker I have to absolutely get him credit for is, like you said, he walked into a complete S show about what he was handed over. But oh, and yeah. for, him, oh, and yeah. for him to straighten oh, out the absolutely. ship the way he did and basically said, look, we're doing it my way or the highway, and if you guys don't like it, then we're going to have to figure something out because the – the way the league and everybody else in major league baseball looked at that team when it was taken over was they, some people called him crazy for going to do it, that he had nothing to prove. And there was no reason for him to walk into that environment, but that's just well, he's an old guy, Mike, you know, he, yeah. he's an old guy. He's not going to, he's, he probably doesn't believe in this new bullshit that excuse my language that, that, uh, that they, the analytics and all that he coaches from, from the seat of his pants like Tony does. And, Lou Pinella and Casey Stengel and Ralph Howe and all the old guys that you coach for the senior pants. The analytics is a bunch of crap. Well, and that's I what that team needed. That's what that, exactly what that team needed. Yeah. That team needed yeah. a guy who is yeah. no, like you said, no BS to go in and write the ship because if, if he couldn't do it, honestly, I don't think you can say there's a manager in the game that could have walked into that and had any better success than Baker yeah. did by taking no. over the Astros. No, no. You know, it's amazing, no, KR. I like, the, I like the names you brought up. You, you know, how many people even know who Ralph Houck and Lupin? Well, we know Lupin now, but Ralph Houck. I'm an old man. Oh, God, man. I'm an old man. I'm not I'm that a, much further I'm behind than you are. You know, I, the 60, I remember the 60 Yankees losing to the uh, Pirates. I remember I remember Mazeroski's home run like it was yesterday. So, you know, I'm an old guy. Yeah. Yeah, I like the fact that you were able to incorporate Casey Stengel into that too. I mean, but that's the way a lot of these guys did things. It really, really, really is. So I don't know. All I can tell you is Jim Crane made a heck of a hire when he brought in Dusty Baker and the way he smoothed things down in Houston was nothing short of remarkable in itself. So, all right, well, we're going to talk about another managerial subject. And this one's really interesting too, but I'm not, but it's very predictable. And if it happens, it's a good move. Okay that there's a report that Buck Showalter is being is in consideration for the Angels managerial opening. Okay, well, you're out in California. Big Mike, what do you think of that? I mean, that's kind of – that's almost a no-brainer, to be honest with me. I mean, you want somebody that's going to go in and give you instant credibility in the clubhouse. Showalter is one to do it. I do think it's a move that is going to be – is twofold. He's, a, he's great if you're actually going to try and make a charge and actually do something with the roster you have. If you're going to keep Otani, you're going to keep Trout, you're going to keep these guys and try and really make a push. He's also the guy, though, if you decide that, hey, it's open season, it's going to be a fire sale, we're going to bring people in, he can go He can go ahead and take care of a young group and a rebuild as well. So to me, it's kind of a no-brain hire. So whether he does the job there and helps them try and make a push with what they have and add a few pieces – or if they do go into rebuild mode and they're going to bring new guys in, he's the guy. He's the guy that basically I don't want to call him the safe bet, but he's a sure thing kind of in my book as far as what they're looking for. Well, Mike, you make a great point there. So let me expand on that. First of all, what few people realize is that Buck Showalter built the Arizona Diamondbacks from scratch and Bob Brenly got the championship. So if there's anybody that knows how to turn things around or get them fixed, Buck Showalter. We all know that what happened with the Mets, I think, to me, 
was a joke. I'm not going to go into any more detail than that. But Buck Showalter, so many people have to understand the work that he did with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And if you don't know, then you might want to Google up what he did there. Carol Lombardia. Well, I'm a Buck Showalter fan because I'm a Mississippi <laughs> State guy. And go. Buck's, believe it or not, uh, talk about Rafael Palmero and Will Clark. The greatest hitter in Mississippi State history was, was Buck Showalter. I think he's a hell of a manager. Um, you know, you, you can be in bad situations. Joe Torrey was never respected till he went to the Yankees. Then all of a sudden, he's the greatest one of the greatest managers of all time. Well, he sucked when he was the Braves, right? But I think you got to be in the right place at the right time. And I think Buck's a hell of a manager. He knows the game. You know, the Mets situation was shaky. I mean, it was, you know, injuries and things like that. So anybody that hires Buck, I think is. I wish the Yankees would hire Buck back. You know, I'm a Yankee fan. I'd love to see him come back. Uh, I can't stand Aaron Boone. I think he's a terrible manager. I think Cashman's a terrible general manager. But, you know, I think Buck Cashman's really well in in L.A. Well, and and to to even go further with that, with Showalter, it's one of those things that you get that instant credibility. Well, and and the bonus is, like you were saying, with the diamondback situation, Luis Gonzalez actually in an interview after the world series said, this was Buck's team that Buck put this together, that we are only here because Buck did this for us. So that's just, he's got a proven track record and the Mets thing. Well, yeah. And I think the Mets thing is, is more of a, unfortunate circumstance. Did he get injured? He had injuries. I think at a certain point, the front office kind of just abandoned them and kind of left him as the, basically the the scapegoat for everything that was going wrong. Do I think he made great choices sometimes? No, but that's him being, he was trying to do everything he could to right that ship. And in the end, the Mets, the Mets are sinking whether Showalter's there or not right now. They have more problems than their 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 general manager. I mean, than than a manager. The, the front office of the Mets needs to get their head around. Hey, just because you want to pay guys and come up with a big payroll doesn't mean right. they're going to win ball games. They have to fit the system. Well, look what's happening. The the best teams teams with the best records aren't in the finals. Yeah, you know, it, it's, base, baseball's crazy. When we yeah, touched you know, on that, I still, I really do think, Scott, I really think something needs to be said for the point we talked on a couple weeks ago, that okay. Major League Baseball needs to take a good, hard look at the playoff schedule and stop penalizing these teams that are rolling going into the playoffs but making them have such a long layoff and completely killing any momentum they have. <clears throat> well, I'm old enough to remember when the American League champion played the, the National League champion in seven games in the World Series and none of this playoff garbage. You know, well, just I mean, the best say that. either league plays seven games to the finals. I, I, I'm not sure that shouldn't be that way. I don't know. Well, you know, let me point this out. You are right, Carol Lombardi. I wish Ryan Cashman would have considered Buck Showalter to bring him back with the Yankees. I really do. Then again, a lot of people wonder about Don Mattingly if he ever gets there. Time will tell. I think Don would do well with the Yankees, knowing that he has more talent to work with. Go back to Icorn again. And, you know, Buck is 19th all-time wins by an MLB skipper. So, pretty hard to argue against the credibility of Buck Showalter. Good points, George, all the way around. So, all right. So, let's talk about the fact that Bob Melvin is now leaving the San Diego Padres to the San Francisco Giants, returning to the Bay Area. Tell me why I wasn't surprised, considering that there have been discussions since the offseason that he would actually be considering a move from San Diego. So, 
Ryan, Mike, I'll tell you all these California topics tonight. My goodness. So just in the wheelhouse. Just in my wheelhouse. Blow. Yeah. What are your thoughts about Bob Melvin in the Bay Area? Absolutely love him. Uh, I, I I really think the only reason he left and went to San Diego and basically just hung up, hung everything up in Oakland was it was just untenable. At some point, you got to cut your losses. He didn't want to leave the game. He didn't want to take a step back. He didn't want to step out of the game. The San Diego job opened itself up. Still in California, he loves loves being on the West Coast. So I think that was just the pit stop. And uh, to be honest, I'm very happy for the Giants. You know, Bob Melvin, I think is the is one of those guys. Like I again. Can, that can do things from a managerial standpoint and lead a team in, in in any way, fashion, or shape. So if you're if you're in a rebuild, he can take care of the rebuild, get the young guys to get the most out of them. If you have a a, a a rostered team of vets, he can get the most out of them. I think the Giants are in kind of a semi rebuild. I don't think they've ever gotten to the full real rebuild part, and that's kind of confusing to me. Is I don't think over the last few years anybody who's a Giants fan could have looked at that roster and said, "Hey, we are definitely a championship contender." I think it's time for them to either take a step back and say, "Hey, we need to start building." And their farm system, because we have it here in Sacramento with the River Cats, their farm system is great. So I think there's some gems they can pull up. But I do think Bob Melvin is definitely a great hire for the Giants, and I think we can expect good things from him in the Bay once again. Well, you know, Brian Sabian is a uh, uh, the general manager of the, of the uh, Giants, and he's a Tampa. He's not a Tampa guy, but he coached at the University of Tampa. He co- played at Eckerd. In fact, he played when I was coaching in college, and uh, he's a pretty sharp guy. And uh, uh, give him a lot of credit for the, what what their success was years ago. And I think that Brian is smart enough to understand that Bob Melvin's a, a good manager. And, and I think that Brian's a, a sharp, sharp enough guy to understand how to win. Um, you know, he was an ex-Yankee. He, he worked with the Yankee organization. And uh, I know Brian. I haven't seen him in many years, but he's really a good baseball guy. Uh, one of the better baseball men in baseball today. And I think that that, that they'll come back. Uh, you know, the, the cap and everything else hinders you. But I think that Brian can work around that and that, I think Johnson will be back. Well, you got to remember the Giants are an organization that's won three championships in the Bruce Bochy era. So it's not yeah. like they don't know how to win. And you still have the architect, Brian Sabian, there. And now Bob Melvin, you know, he took the San Diego job to get out of Oakland. And they're, and the Padres are willing to spend money. So I thought he could do something with him. And for last year, he did. This year, unfortunately, things didn't work out as well as he had hoped. But now he goes back to the Bay Area where they're very familiar with him. So all he did was go from one end of the Bay to the other. So Scott, really, don't you think that? Yeah. Don't you think that baseball is so delicate when you build a team yeah. that you could Mike Mike's nodding his head that you could you could make one little mistake and not get to the playoffs and not win it? It's very no, to me. It's very delicate. It wasn't no that way forty years ago but it is now. No question about it. And and you know why, KR, that that factors that way? We're talking about not only the fact that there's such a focus on analytics, but we're also talking about the rule changes that you have that have incorporated. We all know that the rule changes, such as a pitch clock, the mound visits, and the list, and the ghost runner and all these other things that there makes it even more delicate to back up your point, KR. That crap with a runner on second at the 10th inning, this isn't slow pitch softball. 
<laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I honestly, I, I really want to know if the guy who actually proposed that was somebody who one of these weekend warrior execs in Major League Baseball and said, hey, you know what? In my slow pitch league, to make sure we don't go over time, exactly. and the, the umpires don't have to stay late, we don't have to stay late past the time the bar is going to serve us our first round of beers, we have a runner on second to start it. Because that's literally where I – first time I heard that, I was like, somebody went to a slow pitch tournament this weekend and thought, ah, I'm going to throw it out there, and it stuck. I was no talking to today with a good friend of mine who plays slow pitch softball, but he's a baseball purist like I am. He's my age. And he goes, what kind of crap is this? Right. You know, it's stupid. I like to speed up rules, but yeah. as a pitching coach in college, my pitchers work fast. This time limit would have never affected us. We work fast. We work very fast. But this stuff on the, the second base, I mean, just it's stupid. It, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense right. to me. To me, it's laughable. I, I, I hate the rule. I can't believe they had it this year. It's like, give me a break. I understand why you did it before to protect arms and all that, but I will never, no matter what I want to say, adapt to the ghost runner. And the fact that you put it in the terms of slow pitch softball makes it more comical. But by the same token, it's not only comical, KR and Mike, what it, it really is, is it puts baseball in perspective that, you know what? Let's not be the NBA where we have to have an in-season tournament to make it interesting, okay? Because, right. you know, I don't that, have a problem that's with that's another stupid. Oh, well, that's another are, are you kidding? I'm really with you. You know, all these stupid gimmicks just to try to keep things interesting. Play the game the right way. You want to have at the players' attitudes where there's no low management. Just do things the right way instead of looking for gimmicks to try to keep your interest. I mean, now don't get me wrong with the NBA, and I don't want to get too far into the NBA I don't have a problem with them having, you know, a tournament at the end for the last two playoff spots, you know, one or two games. I got no problem because then you keep more and more people interested in that. But that's as far as I would go. This play, but no, I'm with you. The ghost runner and slow pitch softball KR appropriately to me needs to go. Really, what this is all about, Mike? Anything you want to add to that? Well, unfortunately, you know what it goes with. It's the generation of the the attention span. The problem right, is the attention exactly. span in people from 20 to 35 isn't what it is with people who are 35 and over. So right. they're trying to grab this attention span generation and get ball games shorter. They're trying to, you know, you want to get out in 10 innings. It's just, it, it, to me, the game is what it is because of what it is, not because of the changes, not because you need to adapt to society. The game has lasted for as long as it has without the changes. So why now? No, it's right. society that's changing. The game doesn't need to change to keep up with it because baseball purists, the fans that are going to spend the actual money for these games and all the memorabilia are going to call back to the, how the game was, not how the game became. So, right. yeah, I don't like it. I, you know, I'm, I'm not that old, but I, I, call, I call myself crotchety when it comes to changing the games that I love. Well, I never saw the Marischal Spawn game where one through 230 pitches, one through 240 pitches or whatever it was. But I would love to see that game today. And I, I didn't see it when I was a kid. It wasn't on TV. But I remember reading about it and go, wow, they went 14 innings and Marshall and Spawn didn't have relief pitchers. Can you imagine that today? Those guys' well, arms would fall off. Well, and it's the one-off. You know, That's the thing about it is this rule that this rule only applies to the game. You know, what do we get? One or two games a year that went past 12 innings? 
And I get that we're in the yeah. age of, hey, you want your best athletes rested. You don't want them hurt. But you know what? These guys, I will say, I'm not the popular opinion. These guys are paying, being paid millions and millions of dollars. They're going to have some risk. Right. There's some risk associated with playing the game. If you get into a game where you have to exhaust everybody, I mean, hey, how many times growing up did you have fun watching them bring an outfielder in and have to pitch for an inning? I love that. I love when they had to have a position player finish out the game because they had nobody left. That was as silly as I ever wanted the game to get, and we've taken that to the well, next I, level by having the ghost runner. Well, let's, let's just take I it to another summer league in Tampa, big league, which is an extension of little league, where you could only pitch your pitchers so many innings. And in Florida, we have a lot of rainouts. So right. we got to a point where we had a bunch of games one week, and I ran out of pitching, and i throw outfielders. You know, can you throw – well, they had pitched a little bit in high school, but they weren't going to pitch in summer ball because in summer ball, you had the best pitchers playing on your team. But we ran out of pitchers. If you have four or five, you're in good shape. Well, you need six or seven when it's <laughs> raining. So I'm bringing my outfitters in, and we're playing 17, 16 games. Th just throw it over the plate and, you know, hope to, hope to God we, we out we outlast them at the plate. But, you know, today's they, they don't – you know, they – it's just a different game today. No. Yeah, the thing that and I, I don't really like miss. It. Well, I'm with you all the way. The thing that I really miss about today's baseball is a, a lack of complete games. I really thought the complete game, the way I've Amazing. always, yeah, you know, that's a good point. Yeah, but here's the thing: complete games. What few people understand is they take the pressure off your relievers is what they do with every four or five days. And we all know that Billy and Martin may have worn out a lot of arms, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I still have always loved Billy Martin as a manager. I really, really have. So that was Art Fowler. Art Fowler was his pitching coach. And I think Art's an old guy and he didn't believe that you could hurt your arm. If, you know, <laughs> and, and that's what happened. And I think the, I think the guys don't throw enough fastballs today. They throw too much breaking stuff. And and in the old days, they would throw more fastballs. Fastballs don't hurt your arm. The curveballs hurt your arm. And making your You're arm right. stronger by throwing more fastballs. And I You're think right that's what sense. happened with them. Yeah, you're right in the sense that the, that the – well, the thing that's gone, and Kara, you'll speak to this as well as anybody, the thing that's gone is the control guys. The guys that paint the corners top to bottom, left to right, in and out. The guys that, that, exactly. that actually The catfish hunters. Yes. Maddox, Glavin. These guys that used to just literally throw it. Hey, they may not have had the, oh. the super nuke arm, but they're going to paint every corner and keep you guessing with that. Greg Maddox. Yeah. My favorite. Greg Maddox, probably, well, Greg Maddox, Tom Seaver. Seaver threw a lot of fastballs. T Greg Maddox, Tom Seaver. Uh, 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 Catfish Hunter. I saw Look Catfish Hunter Ryan. in person in the bullpen. I've never seen anybody throw strikes like I saw Catfish Hunter from three feet away watching him in the bullpen in St. Petersburg one day. I, it was amazing. He would throw nine straight sliders on the corner. Fran, he was catching, and he never moved his mitt. Nine straight. He'd go inside fastball. Put his mitt and never move his mitt. But he only threw about 88, 89 miles an hour, but on the black. Yeah. Or three or four inches off the black. And yep. they called him strikes. 
So George Eichner makes a great point in the chat room. Kr, the Ghost Runner is wrecking the baseball history and record books. That's uh, let's preface that thing: record books. Okay, didn't mean to cut you off, but that was a good uh, quote there from George. You guys care to comment on at least the record books part of that whole thing? Well, and that's well, that's the hard part now. So, so what do you do as far as wins? So, let's say let's say a pitcher is just a fortunate guy. Let's say a guy gets six, seven wins a year. By having the ghost runner on second. So it kind of comes down to so did what do you how do you weight it? And the problem is in the record books, there's just no way to do it. To me, it's a different generation. Like you're like we say, hey, I, I truthfully, if we're gonna go that route, we'd have to go ahead and now start going ahead and giving more weight to guys that did do pitch uh complete games going forward, which you're not gonna see much of because everybody's on a six, seven inning limit but if we're gonna if there if it does weight the record books one way it'll have to wait at the other so unfortunately there will be no dis, uh discerning between the two but somebody who's a baseball purist will always know the difference that hey this guy may got five six wins a year with a guy standing on second base in the 10th inning okay fair enough all right one more time one more topic to get to what could be a better world series texas against philadelphia texas against arizona we'll lead off with you mike to me, I I think we're I think we're in for a treat either way. I want to see I want to see Harper in the in the World Series. I'm that guy. I like Bryce Harper. I think he's an amazing talent. I always like seeing him light up the screen. But I will tell you from a sense of hey, let's have some fun baseball. Two teams playing with house money. Neither team a couple of weeks ago you would have said had any chance or was it, I wish I could have gone back right now in my DeLorean and put some money down on both of those teams right now because they're playing with house money. You got to love it. You're going to have Bochi that's going to have his guys up and ready to go. The Diamondbacks are going to be coming back from a 0-2 deficit against probably what was the team that was absolutely rolling. And then you go back to the Rangers. The Rangers go into the postseason. They win seven games in a row without losing a game. They got down. They, it looked like Houston was going to step on their neck. That Altuve, that Altuve three-run bomb, I thought was the demise of the Rangers. So I give them every bit of credit for coming back from that. So I don't know. I don't know if you can pick a bad World Series or pick a bad matchup for the Rangers in this one. I think whoever gets there, the Rangers with Garcia, the kids hotter, hot as anybody in in baseball right now. The Phillies, you've got the star power. You've got Harper leading the charge. And then the Diamondbacks are the team that, I mean, just were out of nowhere. I mean, if you're an Arizona fan, I've talked to some Arizona fans. They saw the possibility of this. But, I know, again, I don't think a couple weeks ago you could even tell yourself that we'd be questioning what would be a better series, the, the Rangers versus the Phils or the Rangers versus the D-backs. It's going to be a great series regardless. Okay. Kara, what do you think? Mike, Mike's right on. I like to see the Phillies. I like to see the Phillies uh, because – they swing the bat so well. Yeah. I'd, li- I'd like to see them uh, against Rangers. I, 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 you know, Yankees aren't in it, so I really don't care. But uh, <laughs> no, I'd, I'd like to see. I'd like to see the uh, the Phillies get in there. Yeah, well, it doesn't hurt that the Phillies are also training in Clearwater in your neck of the woods either. So you ever well, get to the? Oh, you don't. Oh, that's right. No, no I, only, I only care about one team, Scott. I care about the Yankees. I don't care about anybody else. That's okay. That's I'm, I'm sorry. I've been that way since I was a little boy. Well, you should. I mean, let's face the reality. You know, now that the Yankees train in Tampa, it only helps your enthusiasm. You can see them. The well, way. no, it, it goes back. My great, my grandfather okay. was a big Yankee fan, but my grandfather was also best friends with Al Lopez. And, uh, oh, 
All right. Cleveland, my, my grandfather, went, my grandparents went to the uh, 54 series with the uh, Giants and the uh, Indians. And my grandfather told Al, he goes, I will cheer for you every time except when you play the Yankees. And they were great friends. And and I was raised a Yankee fan since I was a little boy. So, you know, just the way it is. Okay, we have an update. Bottom of the fifth, three to two, Arizona, the Diamondbacks. All right, well, you know, I can tell you right now, I am mixed on this because I was actually living in Arizona when they beat your Yankees during 9-11. I know. I, Louis Gonzalez, a Tampa boy who I know, yeah. hit the ball up the middle and win the game. And it killed me. Yeah, well, I mean, and I, so, Lewis, Lewis, Lewis's mother is a friend of ours. Well, she was. She passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. Tampa people, we're very close. Baseball community in Tampa, Scott, as you probably know, is very, very close. Everybody knows everybody. McCullers, oh, yeah. you know, we all, every, everybody knows everybody. I will go on the record and say I if the Diamondbacks win, the only way I'll root for the Diamondbacks is if they make Gurriel cut off his troll hair. I'm sorry. I hate every time that dude's helmet comes off and I see the purple hair come out. Call me a hater. Call me an old man. I just, for some reason, it, it's like watching Altuve run around the bases. There's just something about it that irks me. And I'm just like, if he gets the if he gets the Yankees memo and he cuts his hair off, then maybe I can root for the Diamondbacks. But until then, if the Diamondbacks Rangers come up, I'm I'm going for Garcia and the Rangers all the way. Well, the Phillies well, all have those guys with the long hair. I can't stand it either. It looks terrible. Well, I, like I said, old man George, I, George Steinberg will say, you can't play for us. He's got your hair. Yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, I really remember that. Johnny Damon. I baby. think that's what got Dick Hauser fired, too, wasn't it? Because he didn't even care. But apparently there are a lot of th things. And I won't get into Dick Hauser, although I do make a reference in my book. But, you know, having lived in Arizona, there's a piece of me that does want the Diamondbacks to do really well. We'll address it next week. On next week's show, we'll just put that little teaser out there that we will readdress the Arizona Diamondback situation one way or the other. So, one thing I really love doing is bringing having an entirely different crew, and this to me has been an awful lot of fun. You know, you think of KR Lombardi, just to let you know, Mike, okay, him and I worked together when I was with the Tampa Tribune, and I covered his team, and he has some pretty good ball clubs out there. We've been friends for over 40 years, man, this guy. And now to bring you on, I think it's been a really a lot of fun to bring in. So kudos to George Icorn for being a heavy contributor in the chat room. So house money, really, Mike, is what you said. You know, you have two teams that are on house money. Bear in mind, we can't lose sight of the fact that the Rangers were in last place a couple of years ago, I believe. Yeah. So they had a very atrocious yeah. record. But when you when you go out there and you develop younger players and you add key pieces, Chris Young is their general manager. John Daniels did it. I'll contribute a lot. Now you have the end result. But I, I will mention one thing about the Rangers, though, and that's this. How is Jerry Jones thinking that, you know, <laughs> I've been in the Super Bowl for a long time, right? But meanwhile, my neighbor here in Arlington, the Texas Rangers are going there, and it, Jimmy Johnson isn't walking in there at all to turn it around. But meanwhile, the Texas Rangers are across the parking lot and with a chance to win it all. Jerry, you might want to call your MLB neighbor and get some pointers but i will add 
Okay. Sorry, Scott. No, that's okay. So how interesting is that though, Mike? You know, that you have the Rangers in Arlington, probably a few hundred yards away, right? Because that's probably what it is with a shot to play Arizona or Philly because it's not final yet. Unbelievable, isn't it? It's awesome. I will say I got to give one shout out to one guy who has impressed me throughout the year. And the fact that he chose to go to the Rangers is Seager. Because when Seager made the choice to go to the Rangers, everybody thought he was nuts. Everybody looked at that situation and said, what are you thinking? You can get more money other places. You can go to more higher profile teams. And just the way they interviewed him last night and he said, hey, there was something about it when Bochi and I talked, in which I talked to the GMs here and I talked to everybody around the team. There was a buzz and they were rebuilding and I wanted to be part of it. So I got to give Seager a lot of credit because he's been a big part of the turnaround in Texas this year. Where's he from, though, Mike? See, I honestly, where's he from? Well, let me guess. Is Seeger from Florida? I don't know. I don't. I, don't I, know. I, I honestly, I don't that, know that where Seeger's from. I think it has a lot to do with 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 people. You know, they play. Glass now is talking about here in Tampa that he does not want to leave Tampa. You know, for some reason, and he's not from here. But I think some people love fall in love with the area they live in, and that has a lot to do with it. You almost take a, a little bit of a pay cut to live where you you enjoy living. Yeah. And uh, I'm a living example of that. I can tell you that. I, I'm not going to get into it now, but I can tell you that some people don't move from where they're, where, they're, where they're from. I'm fourth generation Floridian. For me to move he- from here would have been something. And, you know, it was, it was, it has something to be said about that. Well, I mean, most of my years are meant to Detroit, but I can tell you right now, and I've been in Florida probably 25, 30 years of my life. So I wouldn't want to live in Detroit either. Well, <laughs> I was uh, going to say that narrows down the population. I will say this. I'm proud of my hometown. It's helped me become what I am. But by the same token, I've really established roots here in South Florida and a yeah. couple of years out in the Tampa area. I, I love the warm weather. And I also like no state income tax either. So it doesn't oh, either. You had to rub that in. Really? Oh, come on, oh, big God. Mike. I, yeah, I know. It's a little expensive out your neck of the way. But that's okay, Mike. Well, Scott, you got to get me on what I really, really, really love, which is college football. Okay. Well, you know that's what? That's my first love. Okay. I'll More work than, on that. I probably could That in college it. baseball. Well, you know what? I'm not a big pro it. baseball guy. Well, I'll tell you what. I got an idea. If you're willing to do two shows in one night, I might be able to get you on a football show one time. What do you think, KR? It's college football, buddy. I'm watching uh, Western Kentucky and, and Liberty right now as we're as we're speaking. Yeah, we do a combination. I watch anybody in college football. We do a combination, KR, a pro and college. Would you be game for that? Yeah, I'm, pro's okay, but I'm I'm a college football guy. Right, I well, watch pro. Let me let me work on that. Okay, I'm glad you put that message in my ear. Okay, I'll work on I coach, that. I coach football in high school. Remember now, Scott? I coach I coach football for a long time in high school. Yeah, you. So I'm a football guy too. Don't worry. You're getting on a football show. I'm working on it. Okay. And by the way, both of you guys are coming on the Motor City Mad Mouse show at some point down the road when I launch it in a few weeks. So we'll get that going. Don't worry. Yeah, you'll be on Inside the Pigskin, KR Lombardi, sooner than you think. It's good that you let me know about that. And, Mike, you're going to be all over the map, so it doesn't really matter <laughs> how this guy. It, you know, but versatility is what it's all about on my sh- on my network, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. So. Well, my, my middle name is Swiss Army, so I figure that works out for me. Wow, that's cool. 
I can only imagine what that stands for. All right, interesting <laughs> stuff. Covered a lot of interesting ground tonight. And thanks to streaming and technology, Big Mike and KL Lombardia are on with me tonight. The show was 108 Sitches Baseball Talk. So, with that said, let me go over our information one more time. That 108 Sitches Baseball Talk is being broadcast around the world. The audio version of 108 Sitches Baseball Talk can be heard on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Please hit the red subscribe button on YouTube, South Florida Tribune. We're striving for 1,000 subscribers. Please also comment, like, and share the broadcast. Want to be a guest? No problem. Participate in the chat room or send your topic ideas to southfloridatribune at gmail.com. If you want to advertise cost efficiently, call me at 954-304-4941. We broadcast live on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Website, www.southfloridatribune.com. Twitter, at Tribune South. Candy Ebling's behind the scenes. My book coming out real shortly is called Learning Lessons from the Microphone, Tuning into the Enduring Wisdom of Visionary Leaders. And that will be coming out and we'll launch a Motor City and Mouse show simultaneously. All right. Great show tonight. And I know we'll have more definitive stuff come next Tuesday night when we know what the actual World Series matchup. I should point out that obviously the World Series starts on Friday night. I also want to promote an advance tomorrow. We're going to have no limits on at, say, around 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to have Jennifer Lee Cobb on with Coach John Bonamago. And KR Lombardi, if you happen to be on there, this is a show where we're going to talk about special teams and head injury. So feel free to participate in that if you get on at the chat room. It'll be around 8 o'clock Eastern time, give or take. So I'm really looking forward to this episode because the one thing I really like to do is talk about Parkinson's disease. And I have the right person on there with Jen, who's a former St. Louis Rams cheater, cheerleader that has her own nonprofit and you know i work with muhammad ali and a lot of people i know people that have died because of parkinson's and this is the I have show a good friend of parkinson's. well you know what well kr lombardi let me ask you a question i'm just curious would you want to come on tomorrow night show or do you want to participate in the I, chat I can't tomorrow i'm gonna to be i'm not gonna be home i'll be i'll be away well that's okay but well yeah, just they, you can just look at the show afterwards but you know what maybe i'll incorporate you as a future guest on a wednesday as well on that show i'm looking at Please do me a favor. I know very Scott. little about it. Just do That's me a okay. favor. He's got Thank it. You. He's got a good medication. There you go. I'm sorry, Mike. What were you saying? Thank her for doing that. My grandmother passed away from Parkinson's, so I know just how uh, unbelievably a debilitating disorder that is and how bad it is to watch your loved ones go through it. So please thank her. I, I'm uh, When I saw your guys' last podcast, I meant to mention actually, that. Though. Actually, yeah, Mike, what I'm going to do is you're going to thank her when I invite you on a show with us together. How's that sound? All right. Absolutely. Scott, yeah, I don't do know. If, I don't know if you're old enough to remember uh, a guy played linebacker for Tennessee and played for the Miami Dolphins, Frank Emanuel. His uh, college, probably in college Hall of Fame. He lives in Tampa. He has Parkinson's, and he has a medication that's really working pretty good. But he's 78 years old, so it's starting to, you know, after a certain age, it doesn't really work. It works, but it doesn't work. Interesting. So, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know Frank. He's he coaches the Bucks, and uh, great, great, great. One of the greatest linebackers in college football history. He's got it. Okay. Well, you know what? Like I said, at some point down the road, K.R. Lombardia, 
I'm going to invite you on this show. This is one of my favorite shows. I love all the shows that we have on the network, but there's something about Parkinson's disease. To me, you, you, just, you strike a chord. And any way that I can promote it and I have the right personal agenda to do it, to me, is a great opportunity to make sure we continue to stay on this thing. Because you know what? I don't wish it on anybody. We know recently we did a show where Barry well, Mike Melrose. Can tell you more about it. What, what's that? Mike can tell you about it. His, his aunt died of it. Right. Horrible. Well, yeah. I, the last episode we did with Jen was uh, Mel Farr and I talked about Barry Melrose. And that was a show that got a lot of looks. So, oh, yeah. So, you know, again, this is a one of my pet projects. And I have a lot of them. Don't get me wrong. That I am determined as heck to make sure that we take this show as far as we can go. Because anytime you could talk about a disease and bring awareness and here at the South Florida Tribune, we have a huge presence on Google as well. So these shows, you know, are out there in a lot of different ways to go along with all of our audio and visual partners as well. So great show tonight, but I, but let's make a date. Okay. KR Lombardia and big Mike for you to come back after nine o'clock and KR, I'll talk to you if you want to come on inside the pixie uh-huh. and i'll make sure there's a fair amount of college so you can blend in with a couple of pro topics and i will be covering the miami hurricanes and the Vir- virginia cavaliers on saturday at hurricanes yeah absolutely i let me tell you i love the miami hurricanes this is the first Jeez, university what they, they, what they pulled off saturday was a great game it sure i can't was believe that? they lost in georgia tech yeah Jeez, as long as they don't as long as they don't forget Lombardia. to just take a knee yeah, I had. Uh, First of uh, all, come on, oh, come in. on, Mario. <laughs> don't rub it in. Come I had on, to live through it. All right, but I, was, I also got the. I, I got to live him through. in Spanish and in English. Oh, I got to live through it, uh, the Clemson game too. So you take the good, the bad, and yeah. I'll be there on Saturday night with the Canes and the Virginia Cavaliers over at Hard Rock Stadium. So once again, the Williams I, did play pretty good. Williams what's that? did play pretty good. Let me Williams tell you could thing. play pretty good at quarterback. Well, Taking over Van Williams. Williams could play pretty good. Yeah, but let me tell you something about Emory Williams, though, KR. This guy here was one of the most polite, congenial kids you'll ever meet. And he's telling every reporter, great question, great question. Everyone. I couldn't even come up with a – I couldn't come up with an over-under, but he's such a nice – Emory Williams is such a great kid. Good for him. Good for, good for him. Always nice to see I, Miami's one of my favorites. I'm a Mississippi State guy first, and I'm a Florida and Miami second. Well, we can handle that. Don't worry. I got now. You you sent me a very good message tonight, Carol and Marty. Then again, every time I have you on the air, you always do anyway. So it's a difference. But but Emory Williams is going a lot. So all right. Meanwhile, all right, Kr. You want to let everybody know how they can get a hold of you on Facebook, Facebook, and on my shows. Good enough. All right. Yep. All right, Mike, go ahead and let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. Uh, same thing on Facebook. Look, look me up, Big Mike, on Facebook or at X, a.k.a. Twitter, whatever <laughs> you want to call it nowadays, at CalL99. But just here, love being on the show once again, and we'll see you guys soon. Oh, don't worry, Mike. I got plenty of plans for you. You don't have to worry about that, my friend. Just stay tuned and keep replying to the text messages. So this concludes this edition of 108 Stitches Baseball Talk. So on behalf of Big Mike and KR Lombardia, Thank you very much for joining us, and we will catch you the next time. Good night, everybody.